So we are, as I said, concluding this series this morning that we started several weeks ago, uh, titled Rewards. And uh, the idea for this series kind of came uh, from my own Bible reading and, and uh, my own personal devotion time. As I was reading through scriptures, I started to see these concepts come out um, about rewards and about as far as if you do life this way, then you will be rewarded. And we see that there are Again, the, the God will reward us in this life as well as in the life to come and, and, and in our eternity with him. And now my first reaction to that was this doesn't really make sense because the gospel message, right? The foundation of our faith is that, that we don't earn our salvation, that it's not a reward. And, and so, so much of our world and, and in fact, every other world religion is based on works as far as if I do the right thing, I can earn my way to enlightenment or whatever they call salvation in these other world religions. But yet Christianity is different. That's what sets Christianity apart, right? It is not a works-based religion, but it is a faith-based relationship with our creator. And so again, that was kind of resonating in my own heart. Like, how does this how does this jive? But yet I continue to see these themes within scripture, right? Of how we can be rewarded if we do things God's way. And so uh, again, that question led me into this message series. And as we've worked our way through the last several weeks of studying this concept within scripture, every week we have uh, started with, with these verses. They, and Ephesians 2, 8, 9. And again, to lay the foundation for us to go into this study. Okay, where it says that God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is the gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. Again, these verses tell us very clearly what the gospel message is. We cannot earn our salvation. It is not a reward for the good things we have done. Again, Christianity is a faith-based relationship with God. Just as it says, God saved us by his grace. Again, the definition of grace is to receiving something that I cannot earn myself or do not deserve. Again, I've not earned my salvation. Right? I cannot earn it myself, no matter how good of a person I am. The only way to be saved is through the blood of Jesus Christ. Right? That he lived this in this life. He died on a cross, rose again on the third day, conquering death. Right? And inviting us into a relationship with him if we receive him as our savior. Right? And receive the forgiveness that comes through the spilling of his blood. What we celebrated today in taking communion. Right? And so I understand that, right? I'm saved by grace when I believe or through faith, right? As other versions say. Again, as we see that, right? I, I, again, not a reward. It's I do not earn my salvation. Again, Christianity, right, does not work the way that rewards work in our world. We know this concept of rewards, right? Whether it's, it's loyalty programs in stores, right, or airlines, right, if we do certain things that they want us to do, then we will get rewarded with, with points or money off or whatever it would be. We understand this concept of rewards, and yet Christianity does not work that way. I cannot earn my salvation. It is not a reward for the good things that we have done. And so as we wrap up this series today, I just want to, to start with this foundation, right, in understanding that my salvation comes from what Jesus did, not what I do. My salvation comes from what Jesus did, not what I do. Jesus, again, lived a sinless life on this earth, right? And, and died on a cross, paying for our sin, rising again on the third day that we celebrate on Easter morning, right? And paid our price, right? So that we could be saved. 
So yeah, we, we receive him as our savior, right? When we confess our sins, ask his forgiveness and invite him into our life. Right? And when we do that, we join the journey of faith, right? When we receive Christ as our savior, which starts a new journey for us, right? And a journey of growing to be more like Christ, to follow the example that he gives for us. And again, through, he is the best human example of who God is and the heart of God. Right? And so we study his life and his teachings and, and we strive then to be more like Christ tomorrow than I am today as we continue to journey forward in our faith. And yet we see that that journey of faith that we walk in as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, does promise us rewards. And that's what we've seen, again, in this series and what we've looked at is the fact that, again, all of these passages that talk about rewards, about the things that we can do and how we're rewarded in this life and in the life to come are directed at believers, at people who have received Christ as their Savior. Again, these, these rewards are not salvation connected, but yet they are, again, discipleship connected in our daily walk with Christ, and we will find these rewards. Again, my salvation comes from Jesus, what Jesus did, not what I do, Right? We are saved by grace through faith, right? Grace is God's part. He paid that price. And faith is our part in receiving him as our savior. And then we see in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse one, we see the biblical definition of faith, right? That we're saved through faith. That faith is the confidence of what we hope for will actually happen. And it gives us the assurance of things we cannot see. Again, we cannot see God at work. We cannot Again, see his spirit in a manifested form other than the person of Jesus. And so again, now it's not something that we see, but yet we have a confidence and an assurance, right, of what I cannot see and a confidence that I know that what I hope for will happen. What, I, what do I hope for? Right, I hope for an ongoing relationship with Jesus Christ. I hope for being saved and spending eternity with him in heaven. Right, again, I have that assurance and that confidence of that and that I can walk through life carrying that in my faith every day. And then we see it in verse six and says, and it is impossible to please God without faith that anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him, right? And just as these verses tell us is like now as a follower of Jesus, when I receive him as my savior, now I have work to do in my life, in my daily journey. God gives us things to do in our life and we have a new purpose, a new reason to continue to move forward in my earthly life. And again, as we do that, again, as a follower of Jesus, my new purpose in life is to please God. I no longer am just living to get myself ahead or, or to, to be successful according to the world's standards, but yet my purpose now in life is to please God. And just as this verse says, right, it's impossible to please God without faith. Right, that that is the, the foundation of my life. And as I continue in this journey of faith and grow and learn more about who God is and about, and about who I am and how he made me, that as a follower of Jesus, I join the journey of faith and my new purpose is now to please God. Again, he points out here in verse six, there are two things that I need to continually do in order to please God. Okay, the first of which is he says, I need to believe that he exists. Now, obviously, we believe God exists when we receive him as our Savior. I mean, that's kind of the first step, right? But after I receive him as my Savior, then I need to continue to make that choice every day, right? Because then when I believe God exists, then that, that changes the way that I make decisions. It changes the way that I process the world and everything that's happening around me. 
Because my new purpose, again, I'm, I'm seeing everything through the lens of who God is, right? And my new purpose in life in pleasing him, right? So again, every day as I continue to journey forward him, I, I reiterate my belief in who God is every day, right? I believe that God exists. And then the second thing he says is to earnestly seek him, right? So as not only do I believe God exists every day, but yet I, I consciously and actively seek God in my life. And in the things that I do and the things that I focus my mind on, because we know and we realize and we have seen through this series that my actions matter, right? Outside of my salvation, there are lots of do this and get that descriptions about the life of faith and my day-to-day walk with Christ. The Bible sees it, again, as we've seen through the series, we see this concept in many, many places, Right, again, we see this concept in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. Here it says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Again, we all understand physical training. Right? We know that if we eat right and if we exercise, that there are, we will get, gain rewards. Right? We'll be stronger, we'll feel better, we'll have more energy, you know, all those things. We know what physical training does for us. And those rewards are fairly obvious, right? And yet, as, as Paul tells us here, right, physical training is good, but training for godliness is way better than that, right? In fact, there are, there are bigger rewards that you can reap in your life if you continue to, to, to work in your holiness, in your life of holiness, and become more like God tomorrow than I am today, as I continue to journey forward in my faith. Right? And he says there are, are then benefits in this life, in this earthly life. There are earthly rewards to be gained from doing life God's way, as well as benefits in the life to come, in our eternal life with Christ in heaven. Right? And we see, again, that the scripture shows us earthly rewards and, and heavenly rewards are different. Right? We can experience both of those in our walk with Christ if we do life God's way. And if we continue in our training of how to be godly. And yet, and now throughout this series, we've been looking at all these different areas of our lives that God teaches us about in his word. In week two of this series, we looked at godliness training for our work, right? And that the attitude that we can take into our work, whether that's our actual career that we go to every day to earn money, right? But not just that, it doesn't stop there, but everything that we do for God. Right? Again, the work that we put in with our families and in our relationships and in our community and in our church and, and everything that I do from when I wake up in the morning till I go to bed at night, I should be doing for the glory of God. Right? And my attitude I take into my earthly work right, will reap rewards in this life as well as in the life to come. And then in week three, okay, we looked at godliness training for our money. Right? We looked at that week at how, again, there are over 2,000 different passages within scripture that talk about money or possessions, right? It is one of the most talked about and taught on subjects in all of scripture, right? And it's because God knew that that's something that would trip us up, right? It's something that we need his help on, right? And we saw how there are, again, earthly rewards that we manage our money in the way that God tells us to, not just earthly rewards, but as well as heavenly rewards, as he tells us to put our treasure in heaven and not on earth, Right, and then in week four, we looked at godliness training for persecution and struggle. Right, what do we do in those times when life isn't perfect and things aren't going our way? 
Right? It's a common misbelief. We looked at that and that message that the common misbelief is if I receive Christ as my Savior, suddenly my life will be perfect and I won't have any problems. And that's just a lie. Right? It is a lie. And, and, and yet we, we see that Jesus, in fact, told us the opposite of that. Right? That Jesus said, in this life, you will have trouble. Right? But the difference is that as a follower of Jesus, is he promises to walk with us through those times of persecution and struggle. Right, and that we have a different perspective as we reach those things. And again, we talked in that message about how struggle and persecution has the potential to either push us away from our faith or to draw us closer to God than we've ever been before as we walk through those times of persecution and struggle. And then last week in week five, we talked about God in his training in our relationships. Right, and how again, the world tells us to look out for ourselves. Right? And, and again, the, the most important relationship is the one we have with ourselves, and we use people to get ourselves ahead. And that's the, way, the world's way of doing relationships. And yet God tells us that that way is a dead-end street. Right? We saw last week that Jesus told us that, in fact, if you hold on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for him, then you will find real life. Right, yeah, we see that the way that, that God tells us to do relationships in our life is to love God first and foremost with everything we have, with all of our mind, soul, strength, everything we have to love God first and as the first priority relationship in our life. Right, it's to love God, first relationship. Second priority in our life in relationships is to love others as ourselves. Right, to put God in the first place to put other people in the second place so then we automatically end up in the third slot. And if we do relationships that way, we will find real life, right? We will give up our life for him and, and do relationships opposite of the way the world tells us to do relationships. God first, other second, right? Which puts me in the third place. As we looked at all these different areas of our life that, that God promises rewards if we do these things his way, as we, as we sum all of these up together and as we kind of wrap up this series and put a bow on it and ready to move on to the next message series, okay, as they're realizing this is, is I, I feel like this entire series can be wrapped up in this one picture. Jesus is telling us, just trust me. Do life my way, just trust me, right? Give up your life for my sake and you will find real life. And there are, there are rewards to be found if you do that, right? And Jesus is telling us, just trust me because there's blessing around the corner. But yet we push back on God. We're like, but God, I don't want to do it that way. That's hard. I, 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 but I love what you're asking me to give up. Right? And, and as we sum up again, this series this morning with this, this idea and this concept in our mind, Okay, I want to end today by ask, asking this question, right, and seeking God for the answer of what do I do now? Okay, we see this concept. I understand that my salvation is not of works. I'm not, I'm not doing good things to earn my way, but yet as I do life God's way, there are rewards to be had. And, and what do I do with this knowledge, with all these different areas? What do I do now? Right, how do I move forward in my faith knowing that there are earthly rewards and heavenly rewards if I do life God's way? So to, to answer this question, I want to um, start with this concept that I saw 
coming up over and over and over again. In fact, we saw it in several of the passages that we read together in this, these last, last weeks and messages. Okay, saw it in several passages that I studied as well through the series that, that we didn't talk about on Sunday morning. But I kept seeing this phrase over and over and over again pop up in these, these passages about rewards. Okay, and this phrase was that God has no favorites. Okay, God has no favorites. And, and I kept seeing this. I'm like, Lord, there's something here. Like, what, why does this keep popping up? And, and as we see this pop up, again, this, this starts us with, and how do we answer this question? Well, now what do I do with this? Okay, as one is I got to understand that if I do life God's way, I'll get these rewards, but yet God has no favorites. Okay, just a couple places where this, again, this phrase is seen in Romans chapter 2, verse 11. Okay, in Colossians chapter 3, verse 25, those ones are not on your outline. So if you're trying to find those, they're not there. Okay, but I'll tell you, but this phrase is in those verses. The one that is on your outline that holds this phrase is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 17. Again, this is a passage we looked at last week. Okay, and it says this. It says, and remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residents. Okay, he said this verse now uh, represents well many of these other passages that hold this phrase, right? That, that God has no favorites. Okay, now as, as we said, now, now what does this really mean? I mean, how, how does this help me move forward from here to apply this knowledge in my life? Okay, there's a couple ways I want to point out today. Number one is we know we've talked about earthly rewards. Okay, and, and we know that there are rewards in this life for doing life his way, whether it's through our work, our relationships, or our money, or our struggles, whatever it might be, or other areas. If we give them to God, there are rewards to be had. And yet when it comes to our earthly rewards, okay, we need to remember okay, that I live knowing that God's standard won't change. Okay, I live my life knowing that God's standard won't change. When it comes to this world, right, is, is things happen the way that this world works. Okay, and when it comes to those earth rewards, even as a follower of God, right, in knowing, again, that, that this world is not my home, I'm a temporary resident, right, and yet realizing that God's standard doesn't change, that the way that God put this world in motion is he created it, he understands how it works. And if I do things his way, I will, I will be successful in the way that God sees success. Now, again, it doesn't mean that I'm going to be successful in the world standards, right? The world works differently than God does. We've seen that in this series. You know, even within our world, this is the thing that I've observed, but it's about the, the human condition. Okay, now it's just in our culture, it's true of our culture, and I'll tell you, confession, it's even true in my life. Okay, I've seen this, and just the, the standard of what, the way that we make decisions and the way that we typically do life in our, in our world today is that we do what we can get away with. Okay, we do what we can get away with. Okay, and everybody does that. That's like our natural fallen human condition. Okay, we do what we can get away with. We know what the rules are. We know where the standards are. And yet we do whatever we can get away with. I got to tell you, just confession. Like I do that in my life as well, right? Is we look at, again, we all know the speed limit, right? It's literally on a sign when we drive by it on the road. Right, and yet we know what the speed limit is, and self-confession a driver here, right? I'm the, I'm the guy that drives two to five miles an hour over the speed limit because I know I'll get away with it. Hey, we do what we can get away with, right? Because I know that they're waiting for the guy that's going 15 over, and they're not gonna pull me over for two over. Right? I know I'll get away with it, so I do it. 
right? And that's the way we typically go through life in a lot of ways, right? We do what we can get away with. Now, it's not right, right? The standard is still the speed limit that's posted that I know I'm supposed to obey, right? But yet, we do what we can get away with, right? And yet, we, we think, right, that we are going to be the exception to the rule, Right, we think that, uh, hey, I can do life my way, I can just do a little bit of, of what God tells me to do in my life, and I'll still re- get these rewards. Right, but we know that's just simply not true. Right, God's standard won't change. Right, the standard of salvation is not going to change. Right, that's why Jesus came, you know, was sent to this earth to live a life and die on a cross, is because that standard does not change. The wages of sin is death. Right? And Jesus paying our way does not change that standard. The wage of sin is still death. It's just Jesus paid that price for us. God's standard doesn't change. Again, we see this concept in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, when it says, don't be misled. Hey, don't be misled. Don't buy this lie. You cannot mock the justice of God because you will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. Again, if I am planting, doing whatever I can get away with, that's what I'm going to harvest in my life, right? If I do just 10% of what God tells me to do about the way I'm going to live, that's how much I'm going to reap. That's what I'm going to harvest. I'm going to harvest just a little bit of God's blessing, right? But if I do it 100% God's way, right, then I will harvest 100% of what God wants for me. Okay, and like I said, this is opposite of the way that we are tempted to do life. Right? Because our culture does what we can get away with. And we think we will be the exception of the rule. Again, the standard for earthly rewards does not change. Right? If, I, if I plant in my life, you know, um, tension in relationships, that's what I will harvest. Right? But yet, if I plant God's love in my heart, that's what I will harvest in my life, is more of God's love. Right, what I plant is what I will harvest. God's standard is not going to change. As many of you know, before I, was, I came to Oregon Trail, I was, I was a youth pastor for many, many years at a church in Boise, and I, I had a small group of guys that met at my house every Sunday evening for a Bible study. Okay, I remember these guys would come in, and, and, and I had one group of guys that would come in, and, and we'd sit every, every, every week. We'd go through our, our Bible study material, and we'd go through the questions and all that, and we, we would take prayer requests. And, and again, there was one guy in the group that he always had the same request. Okay, and the request was, pray that my mom will get off my case. Okay, and this, I mean, this guy came, and he was like, he was all constantly in trouble. He was, he's always struggling with his parents and with, you know, with, with the rules and with all these kind of things. And, and I just kept hearing the same request oh, every week after week. And, and that, that, finally they came, and I was like, all right. So they sit down again, sure enough, we come in, and he's got this long story about how, you know, his mom, like, wouldn't get off his case and all these things through this last week. And, and if I, I looked at him, and I was like, hey, I, I, I have some, some advice for you. And they're like, well, I was like, I know a way that for, for 100% chance you can get your mom off your back. Like, I, I, you know, like, I guarantee it will work. And in fact, she will stay off your back. She, you will not have this request every week, right? I, I know 100% how you can make, accomplish that in your life. And then he's like, oh, really? Yeah, I want to hear this, right? And I looked at him, I'm like, stop doing stupid stuff. Right, and literally the whole group is like looking at me doing the like, dog head tilt thing. Like, what? I guarantee you that will work. Like, she will get off your back and stay off your back if you stop breaking the rules. 
right? And yet, again, we, we think we're going to be the exception to the rule, right? And we don't know why we have these same troubles over and over again in our life, and yet we will plant whatever we harvest, right? And if we do life thinking that the rules don't apply to us, right, we are up for a rude awakening because God's standard doesn't change, right? And he tells us clearly how we should do life, right? And if we do it, we will harvest what we plant. It's easy to buy the lie, again, that the rules don't apply to me, but they do. And when it comes to our earthly rewards, God's standard will not change. And when it comes to my heavenly rewards, right, what am I looking forward to in my life? Right, is I, then I need to live knowing that this earth is not my home. Right, for heavenly rewards, I need to live knowing that this earth is not my home. Again, as we uh, see this, this phrase right, that was given to us in 1 Peter, that we live this life as temporary residents. Right, our, our home, our, our home is with God in heaven. That's where we belong. Right, and yet in our time here on earth from, from when we receive Christ and join the journey of faith until, until this earthly life is end, we have time to, to, to affect this world for God. Right, and to do the things that he tells us to do in this life, but, but know that I do knowing that my, my real home is in heaven. Right, that this culture that I live in in this world is opposite of the way that God tells me to live. I'm living like a foreigner, right, in this world. Right, and thinking about this concept, I, this, this very uh, popular acrostic for the word Bible. Okay, Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. Right, I can live my life through the Bible, right, this, these basic instructions before I leave earth because earth is not my home. Right, it, it tells us in his word, right, that heaven is our home. And, and as we conclude this series today, okay, is I want to, uh, to read this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, okay, verses 1 through 10. So if you have your Bible with you, then you can open with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Uh, and if you don't have your own Bible with you, again, there are Bibles provided for you in the seat pockets, and you're, you're welcome to use one of those. Um, but as we open to this passage today, again, and I, I alluded to this passage last week, Okay, but here, this is where kind of Paul is wrestling with this idea about the earth is not our home, and we're not, you know, what do we focus on, okay, to keep going. Here, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1, where he says, For we know that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is, when we die and leave this earthly body, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. And we, we grow weary in our present bodies, and we long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothing. For we will put on heavenly bodies. We will not be spirits without bodies. While we live in these earthly bodies, we groan and sigh, but it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. God himself has prepared us for this, and as a guarantee, he has given us the Holy Spirit. So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident, and we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we will be at home with the Lord. So whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or the evil we have done in this earthly body. 
Again, we know that this earth is not our home. And we see again the struggle that Paul has here, right? And saying like, I would rather be at home with God, but yet I have this time on earth. And what do I do with it? Okay, what do I do? Number one is he gives us a couple things. In verse five, he tells us that, that we are guaranteed in being at home with God in heaven by the Holy Spirit. Again, he tells us we can have that confidence, right? That we're walking with the Holy Spirit in our daily life until we reach home, right? And so we do life again with that confidence. He talks about in a few different places in this passage, right? And the time I have on earth, right, is I'm gonna live with confidence through the guidance of the Holy Spirit because our goal in life is to please God. And that's what I do with my time, right, that I have left on earth. With every moment that I'm breathing here on earth, right, I will strive to do life his way and to please the God that I serve. Right, we have um, a, a class called Launchpad that meets in our building uh, every school day. Okay, and launch, it's a religious release class. It's uh, literally on their schedule and they're in, in Middleton High School. It's, it's uh, one of their class periods and they come here uh, every day to their school. They, and again, they go through different things. As the semester ended, this first semester, uh, we had the kids actually write down a whole bunch of their questions. Okay, and, and during the final of the last period, we, um, we answered all their questions. Okay, and one of the questions that one of the students wrote down okay, was, is it a sin to not want to die yet? Okay, is it a sin to not want to die yet? Okay, we see, but, I mean, we answer their question, right? I'm saying, and this is, this is kind of a, we feel guilty for like, yeah, like I understand the earth's not my home, but I don't want to die yet. I've got too much to accomplish in this life. And they're asking, is that a sinful attitude? And yet we told them, as I'm telling you, is that the biblical writers struggle with the same thing. I mean, that's what Paul is struggling with in this passage. And he's like, I know I, I long to be at home with God, but yet I'm still in this earthly body. And so I have to continue to serve him with everything I have. In fact, many of the biblical writers struggle with this same question, right? Is I long to be at home with God, but yet I want to accomplish these things on earth, right? And yet, again, many of them, you know, took that attitude of knowing that, no, I need to make the best of every moment I have on earth, right? And is it a sin to long to be with God in heaven? No, it's not, right? But yet, I'm going to use every last breath and moment on this earth to please God and to do that. Again, John the Baptist, he summed it up by saying that, that God must become greater and I will become less in John 3.30, right? Paul summed it up in another place in Philippians 1.21 where he says living means living for Christ and, but yet dying is even better, right? And Peter sums it up in 1 Peter 4.2 and he says, I will spend the rest of my life anxious to do the will of God. All right, they all wrestled with this same question. And as we wrestle with that and we think about the rewards that we have in this life and in the life to come if we do life God's way, Right? We all know and understand that we have a lot to accomplish in this life as a follower of Jesus. Right? I can long for my home in heaven, but yet there are rewards promised if I do life God's way with my time on earth. Right? There are rewards in this life on earth and there are rewards to be had in heaven. Just as this passage says, right? we will all stand before God and be judged and be rewarded right? or not. And remember, the context of this passage is to believers. Right? It's not about our salvation, right? but it's about our earthly rewards and our heavenly rewards. Of what do we do with our time from when we receive Christ as our Savior until we leave this life, right? And as my, when my tent's taken down, right? And I get my eternal body. So again, that's my challenge to you as we wrap up this series to say is, will you commit to doing life God's way? Will you continue to serve him with every breath you have? 
right? Whether it's through our work, our relationships, our money, our struggles, or any other area of life, right? God tells us and gives us the instructions on how to do life his way. Will we live that out with every moment that we have? Because if we do, then our faith will continue to grow and it will continue to be alive and we will reap rewards in this life and in life to come. Which leads, again, this concept is given by James in verse two, uh, chapter two, verse 26, which is our final thought. Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Again, the things we do every day matter, right? And we have a new goal in life as a follower of Jesus, and that is to please God with every moment that we're alive. Right? And I hope that you will do that. Again, I don't know where your faith is at today. I don't know if you've received Christ your Savior. If you haven't done that, I hope that you will pray and receive him today, right? And again, confess you know, and ask for forgiveness, invite him into your life, and you can be saved, right? But once we're saved, I hope we will spend every moment that we have doing life God's way, right? It's spreading his love and reaping the rewards that he promises. Lord God, that's our prayer this morning. God, that your presence would overwhelm our lives. God, that we would make the most of every opportunity we have, God, of serving you and loving you, or with every breath that we take. And God, we know, Lord, that you are guiding us in our life. God, that you promise, Lord, us true life if we just do life your way. And I pray, God, that as we go this week, Lord, that you will give us the courage and motivation to keep going, Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you. God, to keep journeying forward in our faith. And Lord, to, to see you glorified through everything we do. And Lord, may our lives be a, a light of your love in this world. Lord, that others would even find you, Lord, through the way that we live our life, God, and give you glory. Lord, help us as we go this week, Lord, to truly please you with every decision we make, with every attitude we have. God, we love you. Guide us as we go. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.